From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, October 26th. Moab's new chief of police, Jared Garcia, laid out a strategic plan that he says will guide the department for the next three years. As all of you know, I've been here almost six months now. and I've kind of just been observing, but a lot of just trying to get things moving in the right direction. And I think this is an integral part of what we do moving forward. Chief Garcia presented the plan to the city council and staff during a meeting Tuesday. He says he has nine specific goals. The first one, recruit and retain staff. Garcia has made several new hires during his six months on the job and reports the department is currently pretty full. They have 19 law enforcement officers, as well as employees in code compliance and victim advocacy. According to the chief, they now need to work on retaining those staffers, and doing so may not just be about compensation. In addition to compensation, we do want to create an environment and a culture where our officers have an opportunity to develop professionally, personally, where they understand we care about their families just as much as we care about their, their work here, and uh, that it's a place that people are proud to serve. And Garcia says it's really up to administrative staff to start that cultural shift. The Moab City Police Department has experienced turnover and turmoil at the administrative level in the last few years. The previous chief was placed on leave and later left this spring amid several investigations, mostly related to officer competency and professionalism. New Chief Garcia says elevating the department to a place people want to and are proud to work will take time. It all boils down to professionalism for me. How we communicate with the public, how we act, how educated we are, how we're trained. Really, that's what this is about, is establishing that professional culture to the point where I don't have to talk about it. Our officers expect that from each other. And I think we're making great strides there. Um, Culture doesn't happen overnight. We have to talk about it every single day. Another top goal outlined in Chief Garcia's strategic plan includes focusing on victims of crime. This August, the department was notified of a pending wrongful death lawsuit claiming that Moab officers failed to recognize signs of domestic violence during their interaction with Gabby Petito, who was later found killed by her boyfriend. Chief Garcia says he wants to ensure victims receive the right resources and support. That could mean hiring a social worker for the department and more closely collaborating with existing community organizations. We are committed to ensuring every officer implements a trauma-informed approach when assisting and interacting with victims of crime. Uh, we, we do understand that the long-term effects that trauma has on victims, and we will strive to provide a sustainable support system for those people in need. Emergency management planning and preparing for future growth are other top goals in the strategic action plan. Chief Garcia would also like the Moab City Police Department to obtain accreditation. And that's a big goal. A 2020 Department of Justice report estimates as few as 1% of law enforcement agencies in the U.S. hold some form of accreditation. That would mean the MPD operates within state and nationally recognized standards and best practices. Garcia says that's worthwhile to strive toward. More and more agencies are are getting there. It is something that's tough, but just because of where we come from and some of the challenges we've faced in the past, I feel like it'll it'll, uh, really be a step in the right direction to build public trust. You can find the strategic plan for the Moab City Police Department as a presentation on YouTube. We'll have a link in the show notes. The Ute Mountain Ute tribe in White Mesa led a rally and spiritual walk last Saturday. They protested a radioactive waste dump and other activities at a nearby uranium mill. 
for Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis with KSUT and KSJD, went to the event and brings us this report. More than 100 activists march with the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe. It's the fourth annual peace walk in protest of the White Mesa Uranium Mill, the only conventional uranium mill in the United States. Thelma Whiskers, who lives at White Mesa, blames the mill for problems with her tap water. So we have to have a water on for about 15 minutes until the smell goes away, but we're still using it to wash our dishes, to take shower, and to do our laundry back until the smell goes away. The EPA has criticized the mill for violating the Clean Air Act and found that two ponds for disposing radioactive waste were improperly covered. Protesters cite concerns about exposed toxic waste, old radioactive cells, and groundwater runoff. Scott Clough, Environmental Programs Director for the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe, is concerned that radioactive waste stored at the site is held improperly and could leak into the surrounding environment. The materials that are disposed of in the impoundments at the mill are going to be there forever. They will never be moved. It is not anticipated that they will ever be moved. There's just more and more going in the ground over time. The demonstration continues the decades-long fight by tribal members to push for the mill to be permanently closed. I'm Clark Adamitis. Ongoing warming in the southwest has bottomed out major reservoirs on the Colorado River and raised alarms among cities and farms that rely on water. But it's also a threat to the environment in one of the world's most recognizable wonders, the Grand Canyon. As Melissa Sivany from KNAU reports, a long-standing program of artificial floods to save the canyon's beaches now faces an uncertain future. In the autumn of 2012, a flood swept through the Grand Canyon, not one provided by nature, but by the engineers who cranked open the bypass tubes at the base of Glen Canyon Dam. It was the start of a program heralded by many as a triumph. Floods happened again in 2013, 14, 16, 18, and then... And then we hit these drought conditions. Hydrologist Paul Grams says the program is in trouble. Lake Powell is three-quarters empty and just 40 feet above the level where hydropower production stops. It's risky now to release floods. So we have a condition now where it's been uh, now four years since the last high flow and the sandbars have eroded a lot. Grams and a crew of scientists gather at Lee's Ferry on the Colorado River to launch their annual rafting trip. Boats inflate, and crew members sort through stacks of equipment piled high on the riverbank. Karen Kessner and Shannon Sartain are two of the scientists involved. We are going to be mapping sandbars, and we'll have crews looking at vegetation on sandbars. And essentially, we're monitoring change. For me, this project started before I was born, so it's kind of cool to be able to contribute to it. 30 years of data from river trips like this one show how beaches disappeared after the dam was built, then started to repair themselves with the help of artificial floods. Now they're vanishing again, says sandbar scientist and river guide Katie Chapman. 
I mean, you'll be floating downstream and um, sometimes you'll see just active sand coming off. And then sometimes you get these big, we call them shark bites, where this huge concave zone out of a sandbar will just collapse all at once. Chapman says the beaches are vital. They create backwaters for native fish and habitat for plants and animals. And for more than 20,000 river runners in the Grand Canyon every year. The sandbars themselves are one of the kind of the only um, durable, non-fragile environment that everyone can camp on. Um, you don't have to go bushwhacking to find a place to camp. Some scientists want to save the program by switching floods to spring when snowmelt bolsters Lake Powell's level. That could help balance the need for floods with the demand for hydropower. The decision is made by the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation with advice from representatives of tribal nations, water users, and environmental groups. Among them, Matt Rice of American Rivers. So if we fail, you know, the Grand Canyon could go dry. If Lake Powell drops to Deadpool, no water can pass through the dam. That's not expected to happen within the next five years. But Rice points out in a climate-changed world, the drought may never end. You know, ultimately, you know, we, I think we have one tool, right? It's like we have to use less water. Rice says his goal is to make sure the pain of water shortage doesn't fall unfairly on the environment. I think about the Colorado River and the Grand Canyon every morning when I wake up and every night when I go to bed. I have to be optimistic. You know, if this if this if this place isn't isn't worthy of saving, then what in the world is? I'm Melissa Sivany. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, October 26th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.